When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It's officially that time of year, folks. Time for us to run back one of our favorite segments here on the Cracked Interviews podcast. We have officially reached the NCAA Sweet 16. As such, we are officially ready to unveil our Cracked Racket Sweet 16 press row, where I will attempt to speak with one representative from every remaining Division I team still alive in that NCAA team event. Now, in the past, we've tried to speak with head coaches exclusively. I wanted to mix things up. We've been so fortunate to speak with so many of these head coaches, not just in the past, but in this 2023 season in particular, that, again, I wanted to hear a different perspective on where each of these teams currently sit entering this Sweet 16 weekend. As such, yes, you'll hear from from some head coaches, but you'll also hear from some assistant coaches. You'll hear from some players over the next few days on this podcast. As again, I try to prepare all of us college tennis fans for the start of the NCAA Sweet 16. Before we get to today's episode, have to give a massive shout out to the support we get from our friends at Turna, who not only support this podcast, they support each and every week's episode of The Deciding Point and support tennis players everywhere by providing, simply put, the best grip available on the market. There's a reason all of us as tennis fans can identify a Turner grip on someone's racket. That iconic trademark blue color, it glistens on each and every tennis court. It's utilized, of course. It's also the best in the business, the most durable. It gets tackier as you sweat. And now they've got the latest iteration of their Turner grip as well as Turner has unveiled. Turner Tough, it's just a better version of that Turner grip all of us has come to love. You can, of course, find Turner Grips wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. And look, the next time you got to change your grip, know that Turner not only provides the best in the business, they support our podcasts here as well. So the least we can ask you to do is support them also. A massive shout out to our friends at Turner. Be sure to check out the latest iteration, the Turner Tough Grip today. With that said, let's get to it. Here is an episode from our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 press row. Joining us on the podcast once again today is a man I can now call a returning champion here on our Crack Racket show, a man whose team advanced to the Sweet 16 of the 2023 NCAA tournament via victories over North Florida and Georgia Tech this past weekend. Welcome back onto our show, head coach of the Florida women's tennis team, Roland Thornquist. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, it is always a pleasure to get the chance to speak, and let's just get right into it. 4-0 over North Florida, 4-1 over a very good Georgia Tech team. How would you assess your team's opening weekend performance? 
some of the best tennis we've played all year, frankly, to be honest. Um, starting in doubles, um, very brave, uh, going for our shots, serving better than we had all year. Uh, and it continued into the beginning of singles. Uh, Rodney's team found a way there to uh, make it dicey at the end, but uh, credit to our players. We were able to seal the deal there. Yeah, no, again, anytime you're able to get off the court with a couple of straight set victories and take the doubles point, it's definitely a good day at the office. I do want to focus on that doubles point first because, you know, we've talked about things like this in the past. You've been pretty consistent with your doubles pairings this season. What's led to that decision? Uh, I would say a couple of things. Um, chemistry at um, all three positions have been really key for us. Um, they've trained well during the week, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, and um, subsequently, I, I think they've shown improvement. We started with two different doubles lineups at one and two uh, and ran into some trouble uh, after, you know, uh, a month of playing. And so um, I knew that Lissy and Benta obviously had played before and played really well. So when we switched, we were really encouraged right away that, um, you know, this could be something that could really help us. Yeah. No, I mean, again, the results speak for themselves and, you know, not just in doubles in singles this year. I always know I know this is a blessing, but at the same time, I'm sure it's a little bit of a burden from your perspective and preparation as well. You guys can find four points in every different way. You name the permutation. You guys can get there. What is it like for you to have that sort of flexibility this season? Well, obviously that helps, right? Um, and frankly, in the last few years, we have not been able to, and that that's hurt us. Certainly hurt us in the postseason, perhaps not last year, but in, in the few years prior to that. So um, I just, I've always felt like, if you're going to win anything, you have to be able to win at all six spots in singles, and you have to have the ability to win at all three in doubles. Like you, you might be able to scheme your way through one match or two, but if you want to lift a trophy, you have to be able to win at all six because, you know, someday the one kid you're relying on to win every time is just not going to feel it, you know, and so. Now you're down two points. So uh, I've, I've always felt like you have to give yourself a chance to win at all six spots if you want to, uh, you know, make it far in the tournament. At what point this season did you did you start to feel that sense with this group? Because I agree with you, you framed it a little bit this way earlier, and I'm curious if you feel this sentiment. I thought you guys played a really I, I know it ended up being, you know, unfortunately a loss for your team. I think it was uh, 4-2 in that semifinal against A&M of the SEC tournament. But that felt like to me like the first time this group really had a day where it wasn't perfect on all six courts, but it felt like all six courts kind of gelled at the same time. And your team was able to make that push together at the same time. I know it's May 11th. I think I could make a pretty good argument that this Florida team has yet to play their best match together. Do you have that same sense as the coach? I, yeah, in, in certain respects, I, I do think you might be right. I for sure think that we're playing, you know, we've been playing better and better and better and better here the last six weeks, you know, no question. 
Uh, you know, knock on wood, we've been healthy. We've been able to train. And this group, uh, Alex, honestly, has trained um, like the 2011-2012 Lauren Embry teams. And, you know, Tuesday morning, we got everybody out. Wednesday morning, everybody out. And uh, everybody loves tennis. Everybody is looking to get better. And, um, you know, nobody's sitting down, you know, waiting for people to finish or trying to make people finish early. Like, everybody's helpful. And um, it just – that atmosphere, honestly, is uh, invaluable if you're trying to win or trying to, you know, go far. Um, and so it's been just a real treat to be part of this team. Um, and I, you know, I, I think we've got now a nice core that can continue this tradition now, regardless of what happens this year. I feel like uh, we're back now. Like the kids that are coming in next year, you know, watch out. It's going to be exciting times in Gainesville. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. I do feel like this Florida team, I mean, Listeners will know why I was watching it, but I watched you guys clip Michigan and it was very clear in that moment, like, hey, watch this Florida team. They are very, very talented. And, you know, it always helps to have a freshman walk into the door and have an amazing season. And I know you've seen some amazing freshmen through your coaching career. What has allowed freshman Rachel Galis to get off to the start that she has this season? For our listeners that don't know, 16 and three in dual match play. And I believe she's won her last 10 decisions, which I mean, that's just ridiculous. Well, she's incredibly talented. That's certainly one thing you see when you uh, when we watched her in the juniors. Man, you know she she can hit both shots uh, to both corners, and she's fast. Uh, but at the same time, there's still tons of upside to her game. Like we need to continue to work on her serve. She needs to take the ball on the rise more. She needs to move forward more. I mean, there's there's a whole list of things she can do better. But obviously, that uh, you know the talent that she had, that she has, uh, uh, allows her to to play uh, you know big tennis at, at times. Now, the interesting thing you know with college tennis is the pressure um, can sometimes make those uh, super talented kids who have so many options sort of freeze. But uh, and I think maybe Rachel went through that period a little bit in the middle of the year where. Um, she had some leads. She was unable to capitalize and started doubting and thinking, uh, but, you know, came to work every morning and really uh, polished, kept polishing, polished, polished. And uh, now you see the other side of that. Like, I think she's playing about as well as she has all year and um, she can hit a huge forehand. Her service way better. And, you know, um, it's, it's been really exciting to work with her. Not to nerd out, but you mentioned it. You watch her play for three minutes and you're like, yeah, I want to like, I'm in. Like, I just need to see more. And not to say that it's not true about other members of your team who I'm going to ask right. you about, I promise. But what's the next step like from a coaching perspective when you have someone like Rachel? What is it little things? Is it big things? What are what are you focused on right now? Uh, right now or yeah. earlier in the year? Well, I, mean, I, I guess. It, well, I guess earlier in the year to get her to where she's at now. Well, the whole fall. Really, you know, big moments, she was slicing her backhand. And yeah. we just tried to get her away from that. Like, if you want to play, you know, high in the lineup eventually or play on the tour, you can't, you know, slice and back up uh, your way out of trouble. And so there were, you know, 10,000 backhands in the fall. Mm -hmm. I think she's come a long way there, right? 
she still can use her slice, but now it's less of like a shot. And it's actually more a strategic thing when she uses it, uh, which makes a huge difference. You know, she can short slice you. She can slice it to a forehand if you're playing somebody who's, you know, a little uncomfortable with low balls on the forehand. At the same time, if you come in on her, she'll come over the backhand and bang it by you. So the backhand was certainly one of the first things. I think the next thing for her now is continue to improve her serve, which in the last month has taken a big jump. If, you know, basically the whole season up up to the last month was just get the serve in, you know, get serve in, back up and play. But that's just not the case anymore. She'll hit the serve to both both corners of the box and uh, and try to get the upper hand of the point the whole time. Like I said, also, we need to get her to take the ball on the rice more. Uh, and move forward more, you know, because she's a tremendous retriever, right? She can play defense about as well as anyone. But we need to get some more bite. If the ball now is getting to be so big that it would just be wasteful uh, when she loads up on that forehand if we can't start to look to move forward behind it. Yeah, no, the pieces are there for sure. And again, she's had a great season. I also think, and this is a credit to you, the development you guys do down at Florida, all of your sophomores in one sense or another, whether it's Emily, Alicia, Benta, all of them have taken a step forward this season. And, you know, you alluded to it earlier, and it's interesting to hear. You always see in a sophomore season, right? Some really thrive in the college tennis environment, or sometimes you, you take that step back with, you know, all the college things that accumulate in year two beginning to take toll. What is it about this sophomore class that's special? Well, they like to work. Yeah. I mean, you know, they just work. You know, they come with the same attitude every day. Literally the same attitude. Hey, how you doing in the morning? Big smile. You know, they're they're there early and they're usually the last ones to leave. And, you know, like there's no substitute for that, to be honest. And they're great kids. You know, there's never any fuss. They do their academic stuff. And, um, you know, we can worry about the stuff that helps them move forward and not try to you know patch holes so yeah and great kids they're just awesome to be around mm-hmm. alicia had a great freshman season i mean to follow it up with another 16 and 4 year i mean talk about hitting the ball like alicia doesn't need not there's not a forehand she's met that she's not afraid to go after how, again to do it two years in a row how's she done it um improved their serve this mm-hmm. year you know and there's still ways to go you know being as athletic as she is um moving forward a lot more this year than uh, than last year from you know the analytics that we we see her you know changing the way she plays a little bit now compared to her freshman year where she was clearly a retriever now she's starting to pack a better punch and and move forward more some of that may be attributed to her doubles play frankly you know like now Benton and Lissy in particular is just they're coming forward every chance they have if the ball's breathing just a little bit boom they're in and it's starting to perhaps uh bleed over in her singles a little bit which is a good thing we need to get her you know uh to come in more because she can she can really box you in a corner and then if you hit a ball short she can take it on the rice so it's the perfect sort of game to to um get her to move forward so um, that's a big change, I think. Like structurally, her game now is becoming 
a little more offensive and there's still some ways to go, but that's the direction we need to continue to move it in. And looking at your group coach, I mean, I know you have a couple of upperclassmen, all of whom it's worth noting, have another year at least of eligibility remaining, but it is a younger group all overall. And I'm curious what it's like coaching a group this young. And if that youthful enthusiasm rubs off at you at all. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the youth, but this group has been really fun to coach. They, uh, uh, they they love tennis. They want to get better, and um, they all enjoy coming to the tennis center every day, which makes it fun for us. You know, like it's you got a group that says hi in the morning. They come uh, and put the hard hat on, and you know, like what's next kind of attitudes. Uh, it, it just makes it so much more fun. And then you start seeing them, you know, improve, and you see the development, and they want more, and it sort of feeds on itself. But this group is I've, this is about as much fun as I've had in, in a decade, to be honest. And uh, it, it's not tied to winning or losing. It's just the way they, um, you know, they behave and how they act, and uh, you know what what our players are like every day. And so I've been super pleased and fired up to come to work every day. That's half the fun. And I've been asking every coach this. I'm curious, what's been the biggest surprise to you this year? Oh, I think I'm going to tell you a couple of things. Sarah Dahlstrom probably is, uh, and Carly, but in particular, Sarah started the year. Uh, she was injured again this fall, played very sparingly in the fall, uh, and then started the year at four, I believe, for us. And you could tell right away uh, that you know, her ball has gotten bigger, but uh, we just didn't know from a, the competitive side where she would be since she was out for almost seven months from singles competition. But slowly you just could tell that that ball is just eating people up, you know. Uh, really, when we played uh, Texas A&M the first time in the kickoff, uh, you could tell right then, like, wow, that this ball is special. And she's improved in uh, in a lot of ways. But So she's probably the greatest um, surprise, if you will, and certainly something that's uh, absolutely helped our team that she's been able to be so dominant now um, a, a really first-class number one player. Yeah. Now, again, it's been a really fun year for your group. And obviously now you have the challenge of challenges in this Sweet 16. You're taking on a UNC program. I know you know well. I memory serves me correct. You guys faced them last year in this Sweet 16 mm-hmm. round. I'm curious what you think of the matchup, what it's going to take for your group to get through. Oh, obviously, we're going to have to play really well, starting in doubles, right? You know, but I will say that, you know, last year we came up here. I don't think the team really believed we can win. Um, I do think this group, they, they see a path to four. And so it's certainly been a different feeling in the way we prepared this week compared to the same week last year, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I, this is also the first time, like, this, there's nobody in this group that's gotten past this round, right? So uh, it's sort of uncharted territory for our team. And But we had a nice uh, week of practice. I think we've prepared well. We had a nice meeting tonight. Um, and so, uh, you know, Carolina, obviously, super dominant, like to play fast, big ball strikers. You know, we're going to have to try to extend rallies, play defense when we have to, and, you know, make it, you know, tough. That's got to be our goal tomorrow. And I'm also curious, honestly, to see. I thought we we handled 
the balls, the Georgia Tech balls really well, you know. SEC play can be a little slower, more physical, roll more maybe. And, you know, if you stereotype the ACC, perhaps bigger balls, flatter, so on and so forth. And I thought we handled the Georgia Tech ball really well last week. So it's going to be very curious uh, or interesting really to see um, if the North Carolina ball is uh, even bigger and flatter. If not, uh, I think we can extend some rallies and see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be a fun matchup. I know we've talked about things like this in the past, but has the Super Regional grown on you at all, or you still prefer the uh, the Sweet 16 final site? <laughs> Can I reserve that answer until I actually host one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, look, if we play tomorrow in front of 500 people that are enthusiastic and drinking some you know, White Claws uh, intermission, then I'll tell you for sure it's a hit, right? Because that you won't have that when you go to neutral site and play 9 a.m. or noon, you know, um, uh, you know, in the old format. So uh, if we can get it to where the super regionals really is super, then I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's just again if if crowds are showing up, it's absolutely worthwhile because we've all seen that 9 a.m. round of 16 match and. The product that we have this year certainly deserves better. You know, last few questions for you. I'm curious, obviously, with Lauren stepping down before the start of the season, you bring in Jeremy. How's he done in year number one on the job? What's that been like? That's been great. Obviously, I knew Jeremy from before. You know, he was Andy's assistant on the men's side. So we worked side by side for, you know, six or seven years there. So I knew his temperament. I knew his tennis IQ. And one thing that he brought, um, you know, that is something that I needed help with is with tennis analytics. And it's made a big difference in a doubles game. He actually does it himself. And then we'll, you know, we, we shop it out. The singles will shop out to people who have more time. But just to be able to do the doubles in real time has been uh, really, really good for us to where we can make some adjustments of where to serve, so on and so forth and stuff to to hit on in practice during the week. And so his roles, um, you know, or his job that, that he's done has been awesome. Really, really good. Yeah, no. And he brings a really fun energy as well. It's just, it's, it's a good group. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I'm curious in what's been a really fun year in college tennis, a lot of good storylines. Is there a team coach player outside of your program that has particularly impressed you this year? Oh, uh, well, I mean, you know, the fact that we have Schneider at NC State playing, obviously, I don't know if that, that's ever happened. Is she top 100? She is top 100. All uh, right. Well, I mean, that's never happened. I don't know <laughs> if it ever will. So that's kind of cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I think uh, the game is improving, to be honest. It's getting deeper. I think the the top 30 now compared to the top 30 10 years ago is way better. You know, maybe the top top hasn't changed as much as the depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the depth is clearly, you know, like top 30, top 35 now is way better than it was 10 years ago. And that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Format, you know, obviously helps that, right? You know, uh, but um, I, I, you know, it's, that's for sure going to help us if we if we play our cards right and get on TV more. It's certainly something we can sell, in my opinion. 
you mentioned that level at the top, top. I agree. I think the best teams have always been this good. That said, you know, to see Emma Navarro, Peyton Stearns, who last year this time were playing the NCAA tournament, they're both top 100 now. I mean, do you see that with your eyes? Like, has the tennis gotten to the point where these players are leaving? You're like, yeah, that that's a top 100 player. Well, we're, it seems like it, right? If you look back now, and, and obviously we have one that's actually playing right now. And, um, you know, there there are some other um, players in college tennis, I think, playing right now that have the ability to be top 100. Um, so I do think that piece has been there. You know, and, and I look back on the, uh, the the teams that we've had in the finals in the past. We had the Robin Andersons, and I don't know what she ended up Jenny Brady played two for UCLA. You know, you had Nicole Gibbs, Stanford, so on and so forth. So we've clearly in the past have had those marquee players who ended up being uh, good pros. But I, I still think the biggest change now uh, compared to 10 years ago is the the depth, um, you know, the, the top 30, the top 40 teams, the quality they have. You can't sleep on any of them anymore. Mm-hmm. And in that spirit, my last question for you, there have been years where there have been Florida teams where you're like, yep, that's the championship favorite or Stanford teams. Yep, that's the championship favorite. 16 teams left, sweet 16 this weekend. Do you think there's a clear cut favorite for the title right now? I don't. I think that's half nope. the fun, right? Yeah, clearly. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Once once you get to Orlando, I think it's all bets are off, to be honest. Mm-hmm. The format is certainly one reason for that, but uh, I think it's really even. Look, we played Pepperdine um, after, um, yeah, well, in February at home, and I thought we were playing pretty well, and we gave them a good run. At the time, they played as good as any team we've seen in a long time. Then they had losing, you know, to some teams down the road, and I just think that's the format, and, you know, that's the depth we have these days. Uh, You can have... uh, you, you can get in trouble uh, with anyone. You lose the doubles point and somebody doesn't really play that well. Next thing you know, you got a match on your hands. So, but as a coach, that's kind of cool. Maybe, you know, that makes us uh, have to work a little bit when the ball's in the air. Yeah, no, that's, uh, it certainly makes it fun from our perspective. All of us who get to watch from afar, all of us fans who get to follow. And obviously we've always enjoyed following Florida women's tennis. You have to, it's the bluest of the blue bloods we have in college tennis. And uh, obviously the work you've done over the years is a big reason for that. So coach always appreciate you taking the time to chat. Uh, Good luck to you and the Gators, obviously this weekend and uh, looking forward to having the match on our broadcast. Thanks for having me, man. And thanks for everything you do for college tennis to make it better. We all appreciate it. And we're Uh, all better for it. That's very kind of you to say. I just want to make sure you guys have things to listen to while you're traveling. That's right. Yeah. Before seeing you soon. Yep. Take care, coach. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Hope all of you enjoyed this edition of our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 Press Row. A massive thank you to every player and coach who participated in this series. We're all excited for the home stretch of the 2023 NCAA season. Hopefully these episodes help all of you feel more prepared for the impending action. Speaking of which, if you need to catch up on anything that's happened in this NCAA tournament, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, we'll have episodes of The Deciding Point recapping everything that that's happened to date. Of course, we'll also have coverage of the Sweet 16 Friday, Saturday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We'll have coverage of the quarterfinals of the D1 event. We're also going to start to work in some D2, D3 coverage as well. So rest easy college tennis fans we have you covered with coverage of everything that'll happen down the stretch of this 2023 season of course a shout out here at crack rackets to the man who makes all of that possible our super producer daniel westoff who has a of an editing job to do day in day out a shout out as well to our dear friends at turna for their support turna tough best grip in the business you can find it wherever you shop for your tennis supplies today with all of that said for our fantastic guest our super producer daniel westoff our friends at turner and from all of us here at both crack rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you've been listening to another edition of the cracked interviews podcast stay safe stay healthy talk to you all soon thanks everyone <laughs>